With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. At Bed365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. <clears throat> AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower, lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of smoking audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet that's right up to $1,500 again sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in Ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park that's 1-800-GAMBLER This is the best of the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. And John Ramos is here as well. Titanic home run for Ramos. (laughs) Settling in on a Monday where we've got a little bit more World Cup action. We'll find out by the end of the week who the round of 16 is. We'll also find out by the end of the week whether LeBron James will opt in or out of his contract with the Cleveland Cavaliers. But tonight we'll find out. We don't have to wait till the end of the week to find out. Tonight we will find out who the NBA's most valuable player is as the, what is this, the second annual NBA award show will be taking place. It happens tonight in Santa Monica. A bunch of awards being handed out tonight. Sixth man of the year has been uh, talked about. Rookie of the year, a big conversation with Ben Simmons or Donovan Mitchell. But also tonight, the granddaddy of them all, if you will, for awards the NBA's Most Valuable Player Award gets handed out. 
And Jonas, it is between James Harden, LeBron James, and Anthony Davis for the league's most valuable player honor. Uh, it's just it's stunning to me, Dan. Absolutely stunning that Carmelo Anthony's not on that list. I think he got <laughs> screwed, and now you wonder why he, he uh, opted in on the contract. He felt jaded, and he wanted to get his money. Um, in all seriousness, though, I, why is this really like even need, needing to be an award? Everybody understands it's James Harden. Why is this a production? I don't understand. Like, we is... all sort of get the idea that it's going to be James Harden. Yeah. So what's yeah, the I think the NBA to go back on the on the the timing of how this all played out. The NBA saw the success of the NFL honors, the program that they do the night before the Super Bowl, and how you get all the players. And maybe, unfortunately, and I hate to admit this because I think it's the dumbest thing on earth. I think it's so stupid. Maybe they also saw why some people like the ESPYS. And I think the ESPYS are just it is the worst sports programming. Of the 365 days of the year. Next I, I, next to the Little League World Series, it's the worst thing on television. <laughs> I'm not is. kidding. I would rather watch I would rather watch Southeast play Northwest in a Little League game than watch who got best male golf performance. Um okay. Oh great. I I watched golf all year, but I saw who won the US Open and who won the Masters, but you guys gave an award, so now I know who it is. Yeah, it's terrible. Um I, I get the idea that they want to capitalize and they want to look at what the NFL didn't have these award shows and it's nice to have it after the fact. There's a reason though that the NFL and Roger Goodell moved the Pro Bowl from after the Super Bowl to before the Super Bowl. The idea was why would you want your season to end on an exhibition? So why would you want your season to end on an award show? Like It just doesn't make sense. I, the last thing I want to remember about the M NBA is what happened in the finals. Not who was wearing what on the red yeah. carpet when they got most valuable player in the third quarter of a Thursday night game. I just don't care. It's just another way to maybe sell commercials during a TV spot. And it's it's because of this new format, Jonas, that I think we look at the most valuable player award in a different light than we ever have before. And I think that that is a detriment to James Harden. For the simple fact of Jonas, in previous years, we would look back at the MVP when it would be announced at some point during the NBA playoffs. That would happen, I don't know, first round or maybe in the conference semifinals. You would have a press conference then with the player, and that player would receive the trophy. And and more times than not, I'm the in the NBA, if you're the most valuable player, you've taken your team to the playoffs. So a lot of times you would get the player receiving the award in front of the home fans prior to a playoff game, and everybody would be you know, going crazy. You'd have that pregame ceremony, and that's how we would find out who the MV NBA MVP is. And we probably then got lost in the outcome of what those teams did with the playoffs. But because of this NBA award show, James Harden is now a victim in how I feel he is going to be viewed as an MVP. Because we saw what LeBron James did for the Cavaliers in the playoffs. The Pelicans, maybe to Anthony Davis's benefit, were eliminated in the Western Conference semifinals. So we kind of forgot about what the playoff run or what happened against the Warriors. Maybe we look at what Anthony Davis did during the season. The only thing we remember now about the Houston Rockets season wasn't about the most wins, wasn't about how great James Harden's season was. It was they were up 3-2 on the Golden State Warriors in the Western Conference Finals, lost Chris Paul, and then lost the series. And now you're going to give him an MVP award, and you're saying, well, wait a second. 
he couldn't get his team to win a game six or or to win a game seven. That's not even fair to James Harden. And and, and I'm not a fan of a separate like wait till the wait wait till the playoffs are done to give the MVP. No, you have a regular season MVP and you have your finals MVP. That's fine. It's good. It's it's the timing of all of this that's going to make James Harden's MVP seem watered down because of what they didn't do in the playoffs. Well, the whole thing's just awkward. What, what's what's going to happen with Dwayne Casey? I mean, if Dwayne Casey wins Coach of the Year, it's just awkward. Nobody, no, nobody takes it serious because of what you saw happen, and because of all that has happened in the NBA since the last whistle and the clock ran out in Game Four of the Finals. So much has happened that the awards—it's like it's just awkward. It's an awkward watch. Like J- Dwayne Casey's going to what? Accept the award and uh, and be wearing a Pistons blazer when he does it for winning head coach. For the former team that he used to coach for, that he was recently fired from, but he's also winning. Like the whole thing's just awkward. The same thing with James Harden. Like I think the NBA's got to rethink how they're doing it, or at least tell some of these teams, hey, if you're going to fire somebody or if you're going to expose one of these guys, just remember they're up for an award. So could you wait until after we're done? Just wait until Tuesday after the award so we can make all these moves. It just it doesn't make any sense to me. And all anybody remembers. James Harden's season was great. Awesome. Good for him. All anybody remembers, to your point, is him coming up short in the Western Conference Finals, and after the playoff run LeBron James had, nobody in their right mind would tell you that James Harden is the most valuable player of the league. But they want you to remember that this is just for the regular season and we're going all the way back. If it's just for the regular season, do it right after the regular season. Yeah. It's un- it's uncomfortable. It's it, awkward. It's two-plus months since the NBA regular season ended, and you mentioned the Dwayne Casey move, and, and we talk about James Harden. Heck, the rookie of the year, the last part of the regular season, all we did was argue about – well, I shouldn't say all we did was argue about, but – Somehow the NBA Rookie of the Year award became an important award and we were arguing over Ben Simmons and Donovan Mitchell and who should be the NBA's Rookie of the Year. Guess what? Jason Tatum is up for that award as well. And now after you look back of what's happened over the last two months, really who seemed, who was probably most important, at least during the playoffs, it sure as heck seemed that Jason Tatum was the most important of those three players to his team. And so it is a... It is a bad spot for the NBA. And in last year, Jonas, when Russell Westbrook ended up winning the MVP, we could look back and say, oh, he was a one-man show. Like, the the late announcement didn't hurt him. This is now changing, I, I think. this is It's a different feel. It changes the perception. I think when James Harden, and I agree with you, will win the MVP tonight, it makes it a different look, and it doesn't seem as important as – what we would usually do with most valuable players in the NBA. Uh, the three biggest awards at this ceremony are what? MVP, Coach of the Year, and Rookie of the Year, would you yeah, say? Yeah. All right. Everybody who's about to win was exposed as not being the best at their job in the postseason. And that's what just took place. The whole thing should be scrapped, okay? The Rookie of the Year, if it goes to Ben Simmons – or if it goes to Donovan Mitchell, Jason Tatum was better than both of them in the postseason. Ben Simmons scored a point in a game. <laughs> Not like a couple of points, a single point in a playoff game. Uh, Donovan Mitchell's team didn't go very far, and Dwayne Casey was fired after the season because he got swept by LeBron James, and James Harden came up short again, and LeBron took his team to the finals and played almost every minute of certain games during the postseason run. Everyone, all the winners of all three categories were exposed in the postseason, but we're supposed to believe that they're the best at each of those categories. 
just it's dumb. The whole thing's yeah. dumb. It doesn't make sense. I'd even argue that if Anthony Davis won tonight, which he's probably not going to, he would get he gets a much bigger lift than James Harden would because we forgot, you know, about what they did. But also, Jonas, we're forgetting if LeBron James would win the MVP tonight, it would give him five, and he would tie Michael Jordan for five most valuable players in his career. So every we talk about it all the time. MJ, heck, we made fun of it last week. MJ versus LeBron and, and how that went. Like, that would mean something to LeBron. The other candidate in all of this, it really is going to burn James Harden in the end because of what ended up happening. And, heck, this is Major League Baseball saying, all right, we're going to announce our MVP and Cy Young Award winners between the college football playoff games. Because oh, it's two, yeah, you know, two months after the fact, is, why, not, yep. why not wait until late December and sort it all out? Or, hey, Thanksgiving Day, we'll tell you who the MVP is right after the Cowboys and Redskins all on right. Fox. Why not, why not do something like that? Because that's essentially what the NBA is doing. It's been over – the season, regular season's been over since mid-April. We're now at the end of June. That's almost two and a half months that we've waited for these awards. That's what you get for baseball. Heck – Right after the selection show, find out who the MVP is of the NFL. <laughs> hey, happy 4th of July, everybody. <laughs> it's September 18th, Jonas. <laughs> Unbelievable. Oh, man. But, uh, yeah, it's 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 crazy to think, but James Harden is – his MVP is going to end up being not as important as the <laughs> others gonna care because they the have joke. a stupid award show at the end of the season, two and a half months after we forgot that the Rockets – ended up having the best record in in the entire NBA. Be sure to catch live editions of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. From Sirius XM NBA Radio and founder of Hoops Critic and NBA TV, Brian Geltziler joins us here on the Doug Gottlieb Show. Hey, Brian, how you doing? I'm good, guys. How we doing? We are doing well. I'll just fill you in on what Jonas and I uh, spoke about at the top of the show and that's this NBA awards show tonight where we're going to find out who's going to win the MVP. And we both feel that it's going to be James Harden's award at the end of the night. Do you feel that this award is going to be looked at differently now knowing what we know about what happened in the Rockets postseason? Because it seemed, Brian, all those other years when the awards were handed out pretty early in the playoffs, we weren't looking at playoff performance. Do you think the timing of this award show changes anything about James Harden's MVP? No, because the timing of the voting hasn't changed. And this is the second year we've done it this way. The voting is done at the end of the regular season. It's not like the writers that vote or the, the media guys that vote for this stuff sure. get the benefit of seeing what uh, happened in the playoffs. Under- so it's only a question of the announcement. And, and listen, I think last year Westbrook won the award. I think it was looked at the same way. And I think this year, listen, it's not like Harden performed poorly in the playoffs. I mean, they made it to Game 7 of the conference finals and lost to the eventual champion and lost their second-best player for those last two games. So, listen, I mean, it was hard unbelievable in the playoffs. He wasn't, but he had a massive burden on him, and I thought he handled things by and large pretty well. And I think it was one of the better playoffs he's had. He certainly had some really miserable ones in the past. So, listen, I think I think it was his award, award to lose from a very early stage of the season. He did nothing to lose. As a matter of fact, he probably did more to earn it. And I think, you know, regardless of what we saw in the playoffs, I don't think that perception changes even one iota going into tonight. Uh, Brian Geltzeller with us here on Fox Sports Radio, Sirius XM, NBA Radio, also the founder of HoopsCritic.com. Geltz, LeBron James, there was a, a report that came out that he doesn't want the circus, quote-unquote. This time, this time around feels a lot different because he wasn't dealing with Golden State. There's a lot of other factors uh, that are weighing in on him, family, all of that stuff. 
What do you think? What do you think is paramount for LeBron James at this point in his career? What is paramount on on his decision and where he wants to go? It's, it, Jonas, it's hard to tell. I mean, I, I think on one hand, I know he enjoys playing in the NBA Finals, uh, eight consecutive years and nine overall. I, I, you know, that is something he does enjoy. But he's also always been a family-oriented guy, and none of that has ever changed. And now he has a situation with the son, Bronny, who's 13 years old, is enrolled at a school in L.A. to play on a team with Derek Fisher's nephew, Kenyon Martin's kid, Scotty Pippen's kid. There's, you know, it's a very interesting situation there. And I think he looks at L.A. as being a place where his family would love to live. I think his family would be like Akron as well. So in the end, I think that's going to be kind of what he's looking at. Now, if he can, you know, find somebody to go to L.A. with him and get a running buddy there, that would, I'm sure that would be ideal for him. But I think it's going to be a diff- I think one of the signs that it's going to be a very different criteria in terms of what he decides on and what he's using to decide is the fact that he doesn't want the dog and pony show for everybody. Listen, LeBron James, is he's a very bright guy. He's probably a little smarter. He's not as smart as he thinks he is, but he's very smart. But he kind of finds figures he can look at each of these teams, know what they need, identify himself without them having to make big pitches to him. In the end, listen, it's going to be one of two places. It's going to be either L.A. or Cleveland. I'm not buying any of the Philly stuff. That's an ownership group that's never spent into the luxury tax. That is a requirement for LeBron since Miami cheaped out on him in 14 in terms of, of amnesting Mike Miller to save $14 million. So you have that situation in terms of money. And with Houston, they are just they would have to cut the roster too much. It would be, you know, and, and LeBron really, I don't think he wants to live in that city from all indications I hear. So in the end, it's going to be about his family. And the question becomes is would he, the two big questions, are A, what are the Cavs willing to do to upgrade that roster around him? And B, is he willing to go to L.A. without another star? Those are the two larger questions to me regarding what's going to happen in LeBron's free agency. We get answers to those two questions. We'll have a pretty good idea where he's going to go. Brian Geltzeiler joining us here on the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. He's Jonas Knox. I'm Dan Beyer in for Doug today. How long do you think the Spurs are going to take to, to decide what to do with Kawhi Leonard? Uh, it's probably going to go well into August, but I don't think they're going to break training cramp with him on the team because Kawhi does not want to be back in that locker room. And I think for the Spurs, they'll tell him that they'll keep him all year and try to stare him down a little bit to see if they can get him to expand his list. But in the end, they understand that going to camp with him is not going to work for them. It's not definitely not going to work for Kawhi, but it's not going to work for them. And if he doesn't show, they got to find him. And this whole thing starts to go on and on and on. And then their leverage starts to weaken as he doesn't show. So I don't know that they want to risk that. But I do know this. They're going to wait to see what the Lakers do superstar-wise before they make a move on trading Kawhi. Because if the Lakers strike out here, if LeBron James, if Paul George, if DeMarcus Cousins, if none of those three guys decide to choose the Lakers and their cap space, San Antonio will go back to the Lakers and try to bend them over a barrel a little bit to make a deal. I think I think that they're looking for a day they feel like with what Kawhi has laid on them in terms of the Lakers really being the only destination he'd have an interest in resigning in. They're looking at this situation as well. What do we do to have to lean on Kawhi to get him to expand the list? And making him wait a little bit is going to get him to expand the list. So that's the other thing that happens here. So I wouldn't expect anything to happen at any early stage with the Spurs here. I think they take their time with those whole Kawhi thing, but they will end up moving in this offseason. There's so many reports that are out. Brian Geltzeiler, Sirius XM NBA Radio with us here on Fox Sports Radio. So many of these reports come out every day, so you don't know which is accurate, which is just somebody pulling the strings for somebody's camp. But when the leak comes out and they say Kawhi Leonard wants to go to the Lakers and he narrows down his list, and you've pointed out, until the list grows – 
they kind of shot themselves in the foot, right? Kawhi's people by only saying I'll go to one team. At least Kyrie Irving a year ago gave uh, a, you know a few teams that he would consider. It's almost made things impossible. And I saw another report that said, well, they they don't want to trade him to an Eastern Conference team or or, or to a Western Conference that, team. That that report, that, I don't believe that report to be true. About yeah. So so where? Uh, okay. So. Are you I, buying I just well, LA? Well, let me explain to you a little bit. First of all, you got to Ka- Kawhi. Kawhi does not have an entourage or a big group around him. He has an agent that works for him. He has his sister, his mom, and his uncle, who he bounces these decisions off with, and who he's very close with. His uncle's an extremely close advisor of his. But understand something, Jonas. This isn't his camp or his people. This is him talking to his family and him telling his family he's made a decision. He wants to leave and go to the Lakers. And Kawhi, it, it, he, was it leaked by, by his, you know, his family? Did they leak it at Kawhi's behest? Absolutely do. If that information is out there right now, because hey, Kawhi Leonard wants it out there. And I don't think he shot himself in the foot at all. Because Kawhi is fine to be traded anywhere they want to trade him. Or in the other thing, is just, you can't forget this possibility, is opt for surgery on that quad tendon after all this time. Get that done, sit the year out, and end up going to the Lakers a free agent at the end of the year. He's content to play anywhere they put him, as long as he'll have the option to go to the Lakers the following year. So he doesn't think he shot himself in the foot at all. He's not even worried about it. For him right now, he knows where he wants to get to. He's determined to get there by whatever means possible. And he looked Greg Popovich in the eye and told him, I won't be there anymore. I don't want to be with you anymore. I, he does. They have turned him off sufficiently. So I don't think he's done anything wrong to himself at all. I think, if anything, he's put himself in an extremely advantageous position because he does one out. The Spurs aren't in a good position. The Spurs certainly have a tough spot here, and the Spurs run the risk of either A, getting nothing for a guy that opts to have surgery, or B, having to find a guy that doesn't show up, or C, trade him somewhere you don't want to trade him for cents on the dollar. So it's, he, what he's done, essentially, he hasn't done anything to himself, is that the San Antonio Spurs, who in his eyes horrifically disrespected him in having players que- publicly question the veracity of a very legitimate in- uh, injury, having the Spurs medical staff, who misdiagnosed him in the first place, clear him to play when his own personal doctors still have not yet cleared him to play. They totally disagree with his own doctors uh, on, on the condition. He has a, a condition in his tendon. It's not just an injury. It's a chronic condition that needs to be managed and treated and has to be brought back to 100% before you start to put that strain on it again. That is what his medical people are telling him. So the Spurs here, in their frustration and wanting him out there, because Parker and Ginobili were on their last run with the Spurs last season, tried to totally smoke him out by embarrassing him. And it really was a very bad look for them. It was a bad look for Parker. It was a bad look for Greg Popovich standing in front of, in front of a press corps talking about, his, talking about Kawhi's family, that it's his group, which almost, was, I know for a fact from Kawhi, was taken a lot in the same way that LeBron James took the Phil Jackson posse comment. The Spurs, the, the Spurs preached to Kawhi Leonard his entire early years in the league, when he won a finals MVP, we have a certain way of doing business. Okay? Our way of doing business is we, first of all, accept blame and deflect credit, and our laundry stays in-house, and we don't wash our laundry in public. They violated both of those rules with Kawhi Leonard. They put blame on him for their season not going better by going public with this, and they went public with something. They've never gone public with anybody before. Keep one thing in mind, guys. Two other guys in the Spurs era, Tim Duncan and Tony Parker, both have won finals MVPs. Both have been injured at certain points in time. Neither of them have ever had a teammate endorsed by management go question the, the veracity of their injury publicly. The Spurs are getting exactly what they deserve here. Here I'm on Sirius XM NBA Radio. See him on NBA TV and find him on Twitter at Hoops Critic. We may not agree about the Harden MVP, but we love him anyway. Brian Geltzeiler. We appreciate Geltz. it, Brian.
Have a good one. All right. Take care. Thanks, guys. Bye. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com and within the iHeartRadio app. Last year, James Harden finished second in the MVP voting to Russell Westbrook. The guy that finished third, Kawhi Leonard, who's got his own situation with the San Antonio Spurs happening. We mentioned Brian Geltzadler's name, the Sirius XM radio host and a guy you can see on NBA TV, joined us earlier to talk about Kawhi's situation with his current and probably soon-to-be former team, the San Antonio Spurs. Spurs preached to Kawhi Leonard his entire early years in the league when he won a finals MVP. We have a certain way of doing business. Okay, Our way of doing business is we, first of all, accept blame and deflect credit, and our laundry stays in-house and we don't wash our laundry in public. They violated both of those rules with Kawhi Leonard. They put blame on him for their season not going better by going public with this, and they went public with something. They've never gone public with anybody before. Keep one thing in mind, guys. Two other guys in the Spurs era, Tim Duncan and Tony Parker, both have won finals MVPs. Both have been injured at certain points in time. Neither of them have ever had a teammate endorsed by management go question the, the veracity of their injury publicly. The Spurs are getting exactly what they deserve here. Wow, I and since Brian's not with us, I completely disagree. Yeah, so, yeah I, that's I. I don't. I don't look at it that way. As I, we talked about this last week. I, Tony Parker, I think, was speaking as a veteran who had zero rodeos or maybe one rodeo left in him. Same thing with Manu Ginobili, who's thought about retirement over the last three years. Maybe the Spurs didn't go out and shoot down what Manu Ginobili and Tony Parker were saying, but they didn't need a pushing from the organization to go out and say what they had to say. They're veterans who have been with the organization for 10, 15-plus years with the likes of Tim Duncan, and this is different than they've ever experienced, so I have no problem with them speaking up. You posed a question to me last week when we were doing the show, and you said, whose fault is it? If you had to put blame on somebody, either the Spurs or Kawhi Leonard, whose fault would it be? And I didn't really think about it because I try not to do the blame game except if there's a counter to somebody getting the blame. Like, I think the fact that the surrounding pieces are getting the blame for LeBron James' struggle in the playoffs, I think that's a joke. He's the reason the surrounding pieces are there, so he deserves equal blame. But I try not to make a blame on on a certain subject in sports because sometimes people just don't want to play on a team or they want away from a team and whatever. That's just life. But the more I thought about it, if you were to ask me initially over again, my gut react, my initial reaction would be, yeah, you know, I'm going to side with Kawhi Leonard on this. Uh, based on his reputation, he's never been a pain in the ass. He's always been seemingly a good teammate. He doesn't like drama, doesn't cause trouble. I would side with Kawhi Leonard based on reputation. And the more I thought about it, it's like, hold on a second. The Spurs have been the best-run organization in the NBA for about two decades now all of a sudden they don't know how to do things anymore? Like, all of a sudden it's them that's not able to to figure out how to handle a superstar? It's like when the when the Malcolm Butler, Bill, Bill Belichick fiasco mm-hmm. happened at the Super Bowl, everybody blaming Belichick. I said, wait, hold on a second. All of a sudden, the greatest coach in the history of the league just forgot how to manage personnel right before the Super Bowl. It seems a little far-fetched, and if the more I look at it, the more I think, and you're hearing other players and former Spurs come out and defend their organization, which makes sense in its own, but the more I think about it, we're only saying that Kawhi Leonard is in the right here based on his reputation. We're not factoring in the Spurs have had a longer reputation of success in the NBA, and it's a little puzzling to me why everybody is siding yeah. with Kawhi here. It's bizarre. I, I don't get it either, and I think that even last year with the LaMarcus Aldridge situation, which I think is a very, very important piece to what is happening with Kawhi Leonard, 
is that LaMarcus Aldridge wasn't happy, rumored to want out, so Greg Popovich changed what they were doing in San Antonio to make it work for LaMarcus Aldridge, and LaMarcus Aldridge is having his best or had his best season as a Spurs. So the Spurs actually showed flexibility and the ability to look in the mirror and say, you know what, maybe we've we've had this great run. Maybe I've got to do a little something different here. And that's what I think also supports their case with Kawhi Leonard is, heck, they've, they, they've had him in camp from the get-go. When they when they ended up making the trade with the Pacers to to bring in Kawhi Leonard on, on draft night and have that piece be a part of their organization, he's been through rodeos with them. So he knows how the organization works, and I think that they felt that they had a better opportunity to even talk it through with him than they did with LaMarcus Aldridge. So I don't blame the San Antonio Spurs for really any of this. It's it's It seems to be Kawhi, and it seems to be the parties that are around him. Be sure to catch live editions of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific, on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. And now... All right, because Doug's not here, we still will take something interesting that was said from either Fox Sports Radio or Fox Sports 1 and play it back to you and earlier today well the reason why Doug's not here is because he was in on the herd for Colin Cowherd on Fox Sports Radio and had this to say about Carmelo Anthony opting in on his contract with the Oklahoma City Thunder all Carmelo Anthony had to do instead of haters gonna hate instead of offering up that anyone who doesn't like him or agree with him opting in or anyone who who thinks that he can't win instead of saying, Hey, you should um, kiss another region of my body. Right. Instead of that, why not simply say I'm staying? Hey, Paul George, you staying all in on Oklahoma city. Let's go. Anything it takes to win a championship. That from Doug Gottlieb earlier today on the criticism that Carmelo Anthony was taking and I guess his retorts on social media and on Twitter about him opting to the in the final year of the contract that's going to pay him $27 million. Hey, at least he was honest, man. I, I'd much rather have that than some guy say, listen, I'm all about winning. And uh, this is this is my mo- the most important thing to me is is bringing a championship to the city. Cool. Will you play for six hundred grand? Absolutely not. <laughs> are, you, are you kidding me? Yeah, definitely not. At least he's honest about it. I'm doing it for the money. Well, Sorry. Yeah, I don't know if anybody has been critical of him not taking the money. I think what they are is just being critical of his game, and it's almost two different conversations. Like Oklahoma City knows what they've got with Carmelo Anthony. And Carmelo Anthony knows what he's got in his contract. So while Melo opts in, all of us as professionals would say, okay, I can get $27 million next year, or I could look for money somewhere else and it not be as much as you said, $600,000, or somebody wants to pay him $3 million next year. Yeah, no duh, you're going to take it. I don't think anybody here is saying, oh, that's a bad you know why why would you do that no one is saying it's a bad business move they just feel that he's stealing money and that's you know that's the Knicks problem that's the thunder's problem that's yeah. their, their 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 own situation to deal with it, why do you think let me ask you this why do you think people dislike carmelo anthony because i've always been i've always been curious about that what has he really done wrong 
I mean, as a guy, everybody picks on him and they take shots at him all the time. I understand his marriage and whatever you want to say about that. That's his personal life. But just him himself, why do people dislike him? I think it's because, and I'm just just guessing, is that he is such a one-dimensional player that and I'm and I'm trying to guess like you know he doesn't play defense he's not going to get other guys involved it seems to always be about him and his scoring numbers and his shots and that's what it seems to always be I feel about why he gets that reputation because it almost feels like a like nobody really has a good reason because to say and I'm not saying that you are but if people were to say well he's a selfish ball player if you were to make a list of all the selfish players in NBA history you'd have a long list and you'd still be working on it a year later. There's a lot of selfish players in the history of the league. I think he's one of those people that fans and people in media like to pick on and dislike, but they can't really give you a legitimate reason why. He's like Jay Cutler. Like, Why do you really dislike him? Well, because um, you don't really have a good reason. Yeah. There's, no, there's no real reason there. I think it's because of his talent that he did have, but he was so set in his ways that he wouldn't adjust to any like he had to get his own way and that was going to be the way whether it meant winning or not with championships fox sports radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com and within the iHeartRadio app john morosi joins us here on fox sports radio hey john how's it going yes I'm doing great, gentlemen. Happy summer uh, to both of you and all of our listeners out there. And, yes, this season has absolutely flown by, but uh, some great storylines brewing all around the major league. I'm, I'm going to start off with this. Who's the best team in the National League? That is a great question. because yeah, I don't uh, have an answer. It, well, my answer right now, I would tell you this. It's the Los Angeles Dodgers. And, and I've given this some thought. You look on the morning of May 17th. The Dodgers were 10 games under 500 and eight and a half games out of first place in the National League West. Since that day, May 17th till now, they've got the best record in the major leagues, and now they're finally healthy. So I would go with that answer and say that you have to include what happened last year. This is not just a quick snapshot of what the standings look like right now. You look at the, the larger sample size of performance, and with so many of the same players, that came within one game and, and really one rally of, of winning the World Series last year, uh, I would say the answer to that question is the Los Angeles Dodgers. Uh, John Palmarosi with us here on Fox Sports Radio. John, uh, the slump that Bryce Harper is in, is it just your standard, typical, this is a normal thing, it's a slump, every player goes through this, or is there a feeling from people you talk to there's something more to the story? Well, here's, here's the interesting part about this, Jonas. I, I spoke with some agents last week, so not, and Scott Boris was not one of them. This was a, an independent panel of, uh, that I had canvassed to ask what they thought about Bryce's struggles. Now, he's been hitting below 220 here uh, for some time now, and I said, listen, is, is this going to cost him a lot of money? What, what, what does his contract actually look like when all is said and done based on how he has played? And the answer to that question was they still think, and three different agents who are not his agent told me they still think he gets $300 million. Based on his age and based on the projection and based on the belief that the modeling that, that so much of these decisions is based on now, the modeling will tell the owners and the GMs that you should not look at a bad 
couple months and say that that's going to be indicative of the way he plays for the next 10 years, which is really fascinating because I think for all of us, you look at certain players, Mike Moustakas, for example, uh, this past offseason, the market simply has not been there for players that we all look at and say, well, they've put up the numbers. Why isn't it working out for them? Well, in the case of Bryce, certainly he's put up historically very good numbers, and he still has um, one of the highest home run totals in, in the major leagues this season. Um, but the average is down in the two teens or the two twenties, which is just hard to fathom for a player of that of that caliber. Do I think he's pressing a little bit? Yes, uh, I, I think it was uh, well documented last night on Sunday Night Baseball and and last week on MLB Network. Uh, just he's he is drifting a bit more than he usually does. He usually does that a fair amount as part of his normal swing. But it's happening now to a large extent, and he's really vulnerable away. And uh, I think that until something changes with him, the, the numbers and the strikeouts will continue to be there. That being said, he had a big night last night for the Nationals on national TV, so maybe uh, that gets him going again. But the, the, the summary here is teams, based on their analytical approach, will look at his age and the numbers he's put up already and say they believe he is going to bounce back. John Morosi joining us here on Fox Sports Radio on the Doug Gottlieb Show. He's Jonas Knox. I'm Dan Beyer in for Doug today. It's on him, isn't it, though, Bryce Harper? I mean, the Nationals, I mean, I love the move to get Kelvin Herrera when I don't even know if they needed bullpen help. We know how good Max Scherzer is and, and what they've got at the top of the rotation. Is it on him if they don't make the postseason? Well, it's, really, it's a tough question, and it's a good question. I, I, I think that he has to be – one of their best players. He has to be. And, and the fascinating thing is you look at this, the way he's played this season, um, and, and the totality of it, uh, it even the, by some of the advanced metrics, his wins above replacement, if you even factor in the defense, he has not been all that exceptional in that regard either. So um, if, if they miss the playoffs, is it Bryce Harper's fault? It would be, I think, a certain percentage would, would be his responsibility. I think part of it, too, is the injuries. Steven Strasburg being out. Zimmerman being out. They've dealt with injuries really all season long. Hellickson has missed time. Kedrick has missed time. Kinsler just got back today. Joe Ross is out. So I think there will be many factors if the Nationals miss the playoffs. But certainly if Harper finishes the year batting in the two teens and the Nationals do not make the playoffs, uh, I think it would be relatively easy and probably relatively correct to say that Harper's a big reason why. Uh, John Pomerosi, MLB Network, Fox Sports 1, Fox Sports Radio, MLB Insider with us here on FSR. If somebody maybe hasn't been paying attention to baseball and they've been watching the NBA or doing other things and they were to just start tuning in over the past couple of weeks and you had to catch them up on the most fascinating story going in Major League Baseball right now, what's your answer? Well, first of all, Shame on you if that's the case. Yeah. Shame on you. Shame on you, Dan. Uh, but no, just, <laughs> <laughs> it, it all serious. And by the way, we had a great, two great. We had the NBA playoffs were, were fantastic. The NHL playoffs were fantastic. I, I, I kid, of course. But uh, I think to me, it's it's Mike Trout being better than ever and, and continuing to defy um, any logical um, framework for statistics in modern days. He he just simply does not make outs. And, and I think for him. I root for this because I love the game. I root for him to become a, a larger crossover star in, in baseball. And I think that it's important. I, I like to say this and make this point. It's not the fact that he's not as ubiquitous as LeBron James. Um, it's not his fault. It's not baseball's fault. There's a lot of factors there. But I, I think that 
you start in terms of becoming a, a crossover sports icon in our country by winning championships. Derek Jeter would not have been Derek Jeter had he not been a Yankee and won all those World Series so early in his career. Mike Trout has played three playoff games in his career, and he has lost them all. At some point in time, that has to change. And he can win the All-Star Game MVP, as he's done before. Uh, He needs to have postseason success. So I think this year, for me, I'm really curious to see, does he finally get his team to the playoffs again for the second time? And once he gets there, does he start to build his legend in a way that casual sports fans will become fans of Mike Trout? I think that's a key storyline for baseball. Also, um, we were there at Fenway over the weekend, uh, Mariners and Red Sox. And the Mariners, uh, they won the game that we had on Fox on, on Saturday, but they have scuffled a bit lately. I still like the chances for that team to make the playoffs for the first time since 2001. And uh, that's the longest playoff drought all the four major sports in our country. Uh, the Buffalo Bills, of course, uh, they abdicated that role to the Mariners after last football season. So I, I think, to me, having the Mariners relevant again reminds me of my youth and watching highlights of Griffey and A-Rod and what a fun team that was. When Seattle is engaged as a baseball city, the game is better for it. I think that right now we're seeing that in the great city of Seattle, Washington. JP, how many years in a row have you picked the Mariners to make the playoffs? So here's the funny story that, Jonas, and I'm glad you mentioned it because you, you <laughs> and I like have worked together for a long yes. time. You and I have worked together for a long time, so you're aware of this. <laughs> yes. I picked them every year, and in fact, there was one year on MLB Network that, that we were doing a season preview show, and Greg Amsinger said, John, you've got to have a pick that's going to surprise me. And, and because no one was picking the Mariners, I said, the Mariners are going to win the American League West. And Greg said, I, I refuse to accept your answer. You must pick another one because you pick them every year. <laughs> so it's, it's a long-running joke. Well, then this year, I said on opening day, congratulations to the Mariner fans. I said this on Twitter, by the way. You can, you can look it up, as they say. That uh, Congratulations to the Mariner fans because this time, for the first time in about five years, I am not going to pick you. So I wish to congratulate you on winning the World Series. And here they are now on their way to the playoffs. <laughs> I've got I've got family in the great city of Seattle, so I've got you know a, lo- a lot of uh, relationships there, and I love the city. So th- there may be a, a small part of me that, that would love to see them make the make the playoffs, and I've kind of said that to the, my my friends there and family there. So uh, we'll see if it works out, but maybe maybe a bit of a reverse psychology to bring some joy to my family lives in that great city. Uh, I'll tell you what, it's done. The American League playoff teams are already set. It's over with. You don't even need the second half of the season. It's going to be what it would be right now. John Morosi, I know you got to run. Thanks so much for the time. We appreciate it, and we'll be watching you on MLB Network and seeing you on Fox and hearing them here. Appreciate it, John. My, my pleasure, guys. Always love talking to you guys, and we'll, uh, we'll catch up again real soon, okay? All right. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, love at first, first listen. listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.